Hey, Voice Church family, we are in part two of Churches Left the Building. If you're new to Voice, what we do is we take the two weeks after Christmas as somewhat like a Sabbath for the whole church family once a year. So after the crazy and full and amazing holiday season, we wanna encourage everyone just to take a breath, to reflect on the past year and to launch into the new year with fresh energy and intentionality. And especially for all the Dream Team members, that's what we call the volunteers here at Voice. We wanna, we wanna give them especially some space. Uh, some margin, especially coming out of the holiday season. If you missed last week, I highly encourage you to go back and watch it. We talked about how God uh, led the nation of Israel through unprecedented times. They were facing things they had never faced before, nor would ever face again, and God led them and supported them in unique ways that he's never since repeated. So last week, we ended with the passing of Moses and the transition of leadership to a guy named Joshua. And this would mark the beginning of a new season for the nation of Israel. You may have heard it said to like draw a line in the sand as a line of demarcation. Well, the nation of Israel had a river and when they crossed it, life would never be the same. But let's rewind. After God freed Israel from Egyptian captivity, remember like the plagues and Charlton Heston saying, let my people go and you may be too young for that, so just don't worry about it. But the nation of Israel after that point beelined it to the promised land. They sent spies out to scope it out and the spies come back, came back and said it was amazing, the you know land flowing with milk and honey and all that. And, but they also said that it'd be challenging, that, that they were gonna be afraid of how hard it was gonna be. And so let's hear what Moses says in that moment to reflect on what happened in that moment when the nation of Israel decided not to go into the promised land. He says this, Deuteronomy. But you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Then I said to you, Moses speaking, do not be terrified, do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness. There in the wilderness, you saw how the Lord God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. In spite of this, you did not trust the Lord your God. When the Lord heard what you had said, he was angry and solemnly swore, no one from this evil generation shall see the good land I swore to give your ancestors. So God had freed them from a superpower, no less. God had parted the Red Sea for them. He led them by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. Supernatural guidance. He provided food for them in the desert. Without his help, they would have died many times over. And when they finally got to the promised land, when they should have built up enough faith to trust that God was capable, that God was for them, and that God was good, all that dissolved because of fear. They said things like, the Lord hates us. The Lord has brought us out here to die. What happened was their fear had skewed even the character of God. Because that's not what God was like, right? I mean, Moses referred to him like a father carrying a child. Yet fear had turned God into a monster in their eyes. Moses also says that they were unwilling to go. Fear had paralyzed them. Okay, I want you to think about that for a second. God had followed through on everything he said he would do, despite their disobedience, despite their grumblings. He had brought them to the promised land. Yet their fear wouldn't let them go one step further. So how about you? Last week, we talked about the fact that God has protected and sustained and guided us, not only through unprecedented times of this past couple years, but for a lot of us, much longer than that, hasn't he? But it's easy to get to a new place, a new struggle, a new problem, and think that he's left you. 
or that maybe he's come through in the past, but he's not gonna come through this time. That maybe God was for you, he was with you in the past, but this time I'm not so sure. So because the nation of Israel chose fear over faith, even though they were at the edge of the promised land, they ended up wandering for the next 40 years just to circle back four decades later and wind up in the exact same spot. So fear and a lack of faith in God caused Israel to miss out on so much time and opportunity. And it'll do the same thing to you and me. Your life in large and small ways will be shaped by how you engage with fear and faith. Like a, like a sculptor's tools, it will hone and cut away and shape and create your story. So much of who you are and what you do or do not do will be informed by what you fear and what you put your faith in. So I want you to think about this. Fear will keep you from experiencing new things, exciting things. It'll keep you from the promises God has for you. The Israelites were so afraid of the unknown that they found comfort in what they did know. When God first freed them from Egypt, they were overwhelmed, and I understand it, with, with fear and uncertainty. They'd never been in the desert before. All this was new, and because it was new, it was scary. So some of them actually wished that they were back in captivity in Egypt as slaves. Not because it was great, but because at least it was familiar. And now they find themselves again in the same situation. They would rather wander around on this side of the Jordan River, on this side of the promised land. After a crazy journey in the desert, literally the stuff movies are made of, they would rather get to the very edge of the promised land, yet stay on this side of the river. Why? Fear. It's insane for us to think about now, right? 40 years wandering, they're right there. We'd be yelling at them, go. So now God has given them a new leader, Joshua. He was one of the original spies 40 years earlier that saw the land flowing with milk and honey. He also saw the dangers and the challenges, but he believed that God would help them overcome. The problem was he was one of only a very few people that believed that. And because of the mass of people that wanted to leave, he went with them and Israel ended up wandering for the next 40 years. Can you imagine how many times did that keep Joshua up at night. He was in his prime, probably 30 years old, ready to tackle any challenge. How many times when they were just walking along complaining or wondering why God wasn't doing what they wanted him to do, would Joshua think to himself, do you know what guys? We could be in the promised land right now. God said he was gonna be with us. Why didn't we believe him? Why didn't we trust him? Why did we choose fear instead of faith? What if we would have trusted him 40 years ago? What would life be like right now? Can you imagine? That must have haunted him. So how about you? What are the times that God has asked you to take a step out in faith, to trust him, to take a risk? You wanted to. You really wanted, you believed it. You thought it was great. You said amen at the sermon. You, you wanted to trust God, but... Fear kept you from moving forward. Fear paralyzed you, lured you back to the comfort of the familiar. Well, maybe we just stay over here. At least I know about this. So God commands the nation of Israel to move. He says this in Deuteronomy. He says, the Lord your God said to us at Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Break camp and advance. I get it. I mean, look around. It's beautiful. The mountains are beautiful, it's comfortable, it's familiar, but it's, it's not what you're called to be. 
And he's saying the same thing to us. Stop being paralyzed by fear. Stop pushing off opportunities because you might fail. Stop living with the regret of what could have been. You've stayed around this mountain long enough. Break, camp, and advance. God has a promised land waiting for you, and he'll be with you. Yeah, there'll be challenges, but he will fight with you and for you. But you have to move. You have to get unstuck. You have to break, camp, and advance. Quit talking about it. Quit thinking about it. Quit praying about it. Move. And as we look at the new year, what is God asking you to pursue? What has he been whispering to your heart? Take the risk. Make the leap. I'll be with you. Put yourself in Joshua's shoes. The deck was stacked against him. The nation had just lost its founder. Joshua had to follow this hero and revered leader, Moses. Israelites haven't realized their dream in 40 years. And now in front of of Joshua stood a river during flood season. And then beyond that, if they can get past this flooded river, there were countless fortified cities with high walls. Oh, and you know what? He's not 30 anymore. Theologians believe that he was about 70 years old at least at this point. Not exactly prime battle age. It seemed hopeless. Three times in three verses, God told Joshua to, in quote, be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Why would God tell him that? Because you're not gonna feel strong against what you're about to go up against. You have to decide to be strong with the Lord's help. You have to decide to be courageous. So this is what Joshua does. He gathers the people together. And in Joshua 3, he says this, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Here's what's wild. Joshua had no idea what God was gonna do. But he says, get ready. God is gonna do some amazing things. He knew that even though he had no idea what was gonna happen, he knew that God would do the heavy lifting. He didn't have a plan. He couldn't make the floodwaters recede. He didn't have a boat. He couldn't tell them to build a bridge. What would would they do? He had faith that if he was obedient to do what the Lord was asking him to do, that God would take care of the rest and something amazing would happen. So they did. And the craziest thing happened. God said to ask the priests to carry the Ark of the Covenant, which was symbolic of the the presence of God, and then go stand in the river. You know, not too long ago, I was fly fishing with a friend of mine and we had to walk in the middle of the river and the water was not even flowing that fast, but I almost biffed it hard, like so many times. This was not just a small river that I was fishing, this is a major river, the Jordan River, that was deep and wide. And not only that, it was during flood season, so the water was extra deep and extra fast. And God is asking some priests to hold this large piece of furniture and stand in the water while it's raging. He didn't say, pick the strongest among you. He said, have the priests. Look, as a pastor, I'll be the first to admit that pastors are not known for being the strongest guys in the room. All right, we tend to spend more time in restaurants than we do at the gym, I'm just saying. He also didn't say for how long. All he said was, have the priests stand in the Jordan River and that God would stop the waters from flowing. And this is what happened. The Bible says, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Great. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap at a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. 
So the people crossed over, over opposite Jericho. Miracle. Right? And the way the Bible tells the story, it sounded like it happened right away. And it both did and it didn't. This is important for us to understand. When the priest's feet got into the water, the river stopped flowing and began to recede, but not where they were crossing, upstream in a town called Adam. Do you know how far away Adam is? You can look it up. Around 30 miles. Do you know how fast rivers flow? I didn't. I had to Google it. A moderately fast river flows at three miles an hour. Super fast rivers, like rapids, flow at seven miles an hour, upwards of seven miles an hour. So let's say, let's take the average and say that a pretty fast river is flowing at five miles an hour. That means when the priest stepped into the Jordan water, the water stopped 30 miles away. But at five miles an hour, it would take six hours for them to fully realize it. Wrap your head around that. What was that like? How long could you hold a big piece of furniture while standing in flood level rapids before you start to question Joshua? Hey man, how long are we gonna be here? Right? My guess is that there were a bunch of people that were ready with their bags packed, ready to follow the priests across the Jordan River, and then nothing happened, so their legs got tired, then they started to murmur, and their kids are asking what's going on, and it wouldn't be long before thousands of people were just sitting down at the riverbank having sandwiches, waiting for something to happen. Meanwhile, the priests and Joshua are just wondering what to do. When is God gonna help us? But they had no idea that God was already working. They just hadn't realized it yet. And sometimes we think that when we make a few right choices or we're faithful for a short period of time that we wonder why God, we don't see like all these huge changes. How come I don't see God moving in my life? I've, I've been good for a week. I've made these decisions for two months. But just because you don't see things happening doesn't mean that things are not happening. God is at work. It just may take you a while to realize it. Our job is not, is not to construct a miracle. Our job is not even to create a timeline. Our job is not to have some plan etched in granite. So if you feel the pressure that, that you have to create those things, let yourself off the hook. We have one job, be faithful and obedient to Christ. Whatever God asks us to do, we trust him. We push past fear, we push past complacency, apathy, insecurity, peer pressure, and we take faith-filled risks to honor a God that still does miracles. Our prayer to God is simple. And my challenge is for you to pray this. God, the answer is yes. Just tell me what you'd like me to do. Predecide that you are gonna trust God even if he asks you to do something that seems silly, like holding the Ark of the Covenant while standing in a river for hours. Most of the time, what God asks us to do makes complete logical sense. You know, pray for your friends in need, don't hoard stuff or money. But then every once in a while, he'll ask you to do something that takes you off guard. Will you trust him, even in those moments? I mean, isn't that what adventure is all about? You don't know the specifics, you don't know what's gonna happen, but all you know is what Joshua knew. It's what he told the people. Prepare yourself, for the Lord will do amazing things. So Voice Church, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself to say yes to God. Prepare yourself to say no to fear. Prepare yourself because in 2022, the Lord will do amazing things. I believe that with all my heart. And when we finally see the miracle come to pass, we'll be able to look back and recognize that even though we didn't notice it at the time, long before we could see it, God was working. So let me pray for us 
and then we'll, we'll sing one last song together as we dismiss. God, I just thank you for being faithful. Would you help us as a church to be full of faith and not fear, to trust you, to not be paralyzed by our fear of what could be, to not be comforted by what's familiar. But God, would you pursue us and put in us courage to pursue you no matter what is gonna happen. God, we know you're gonna do amazing things. Help us to take this adventure with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this one last song together to kick off 2022. We'll see you next week. God bless you guys.